0: Um, I'm Jim Stewart, I'm the director of LIT, Library and Information Technology, and I want to welcome you. It's great to have this nice turnout this afternoon to hear a great teacher, a great scholar, a dynamite bass player, <laughs> and a great colleague in Cindy Hahn in talking about her, her new book, Coincidences. So, Cindy, well, great you. to have you here, thank you you pronounce either way. It's a translation. Yeah, well, <laughs> we'll start there with the title, Coincidence. Um, I wanted a title that would work in both French and in English because uh, the work is in both French and English. Um, and as you can see, it's a collaboration. Um, the artist's picture is there, Monique Bay. She couldn't make it here today. She wanted to be here. Uh, she wasn't feeling too well, and her doctor advised her to just stay home. Uh, for the next few weeks. So she'll be coming in the fall, uh, probably. And we've got a couple of things to do. But um, she wanted, of course, to let you know that she would have wished to be here. Um, And I can speak about her artwork a little bit, if you like. And I can certainly pass on any comments that you have about her artwork to her by email. We are good friends, longtime friends. And this book is a result of a collaboration. We were looking for a title that would suggest the idea of collaboration and the idea that she's been creating visual art for many many years and i've been writing uh, poetry since i was a child and some of these texts uh, are quite old actually date back to the 1980s even um, some are quite recent uh, there's one text in here um, called Fan woman uh, that i've rewritten i don't know how many times But I remember starting it in the 1980s, and it was much, much longer, and it's now a short short text. But the title, Woman, for that text um, is indicative of the volume because um, it's a volume of texts that speak to um, a woman's uh, cycle of life if you will, not every text is particularly feminized, but certainly the idea of woman, womanhood, what does it mean to be a woman, is in, uh, is in the volume, and of course that changes over time as one develops, and so the poem has evolved along with that. Uh, Monique and I had this idea of collaborating on a text together uh, a couple of years ago, I've known her artwork for a long time. It has always spoken to me, resonated in certain ways, and I thought, oh, well, I've got enough texts now for, for another book of poetry. It's my second book of poetry. And I said to her, how about you provide some of the art for the volume? And thinking that she would perhaps donate uh, one tableau for each chapter in the, in the text, um, and there are three, and when we sat down, we started to say, well, well this uh, picture, actually, this image really goes well with that text, and, and that one goes well with that text. And before we knew it, we had one image per text, essentially. And then we thought, well, we'll never find a publisher that's going to include that many images, because it's expensive to, to publish and print in color, as you might imagine. And we approached a publisher, a Parisian publisher, who had published a, a translation I had done of Evelyn Akkad's work, a Lebanese writer, and he immediately said yes. He took a look at it, said this is beautiful, I like the text, I like the images, yes, let's do this. And he said, in fact, it will work very well with his, uh, the series, um, speech that is nomadic, probably nomad his series. Uh, because this volume speaks to movement and cycle of life. And Monique Loubet is one who has worked for Air France for many, many years. She has traveled all over the world. Her art is inspired by her traveling. Um, I'm one who likes to write when I travel, when I'm in movement. Movement not just in a physical sense, but also in a metaphorical sense. If I am sitting and meditating, The mind is in movement, in in some kind of connection with nature. And so the idea of movement became, um, uh, worked for this particular series and this particular work. The three chapters, um, as you'll note if you have the text, um, relate to this cycle uh, and in particular uh, ascent, uh, en volée, in flight, and atterrissage, landings. Which could relate also to taking off in a plane. So that resonated with the artist as well. So she's taken many flights. And flight, of course, not just in a literal sense, but in a metaphorical sense. Uh, coincidence, therefore, indicates <clears throat> collaboration, um, coincidence of creating art over years of time, uh, cooperation coexistence uh, and the co you might think of and uh, we're very happy to have put it together maybe I could read you a text to start and I have a few images from the artist that I could show uh, I am very interactive in classes as my students know I never lecture and I'd love for there to be interaction between us. So um, if you have questions or comments that you'd like to make while I'm speaking, please feel free to just jump right in. Don't, don't wait. So I wanted to start um, perhaps by reading a poem about spring. And spring is, has been on my mind now for a while, and it's finally here. And I'm so pleased. At least for the moment at least for the moment, yes. And it's all about capturing the moment, isn't it, in poetry, at least for me. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Capturing the moment and in some sense transcending it. So if I were to define poetry, it would be in the details, in the the details of the natural world, and finding uh, another meaning, a transcendent meaning to that moment. Uh, So the one I want to read is on page 72, 73 the English and the French. And you'll notice all the texts in the volume are in both languages and I self-translate. I have a head that works in both languages all day long because of my teaching in French. And um, the other half of my day is pretty much spent in English and I travel a lot to Francophone contexts in which I tend, the poems tend to come out in French. Here the poetry tends to come out in English And I found lately that my natural inclination is to translate myself to complete the text, so to speak, as if one language were not enough to convey all the possible resonances in the idea behind it. So I've been translating myself um, in the last few years. And as a result of a lot of literary translation that I do on the side as well. so let me read this one called Snagging Spring, which was uh, actually inspired, one of the lines in the poem was inspired by Herb Berman, who's uh, leader of the Deerfield Library Poets, of which I'm a member, and he's always sending out poetry to us, and this, I pulled a line from one of his texts, and I'm giving him credit here. A different weight on my bones, bare trees waiting, cardinal red splash across the garden, a fleet of spring, now the buds will rain down white, greening the mud. A different weight on my bones, light silvering, a touch of pink. Talonné le printemps. C'est un autre poids sur mes eaux, arbre nu, attendant. Une ruée de rouge cardinal traversant le jardin, envolée printanière. Or, une pluie de bourgeons, tout blanc, reverdissant la boue. Un uh, autre poids sur mes os, une petite poussière, un soupçon de rose. The idea of color is really important to me. I think that there is, the poem's not finished unless there's some idea of color in it. Uh, and I've even imagined my own death as a color, kind of, kind of coloring of uh, the moment. And uh, so there's another text I'd like to read you, uh, called "L'avenir en couleur," which I believe is uh, near the end of the volume. If someone finds it before me, let me know. There no, be the middle. Here we go. Um, page 55 is the French, and I. I don't know if everyone's got the text. I have an example of one of the tableaux that goes with it. It's an oil painting um, that has so much going on in it, so much movement. The artist tends to use some concrete imagery, and then she will go beyond it into the abstract. This one is particularly abstract, although one could perhaps Find some some elements that suggest <coughs> things. Uh, but that's one of the reasons that her art really appeals to me, is because it's this idea of being grounded in something concrete and defined in some way and then transcending it, tra- going beyond it. And so uh, this one is called L'Avenir en couleur. La vie me retourne sur la brise, en dédale. En spirale raline à baignoire en tourbillon. Mon amour montant en bac sur des pétales aux airs blancs. Ses frêles ailes rougissantes en si peu de temps me ramènent au bleu-vert de la terre mère, au sol ensoleillé. Ma mort s'épanouira à la longue et prendra sa fugue orange en une envolée d'ailes grisantes et de feu-follet. Cœur plié à mes pieds, Je fais cadeau de cette tendresse qui reste à la longue tige du tournesol, en mouvement bourdonnant de juin, aux racines puissantes des tunnels au temps des verts, aux visages en graines qui suit un soleil de nouveau rajeunir. Does everyone understand the French or do you want me to read the, Let's read the English? Read the English. Okay, it's on the next page, 56. The future in color. Life turns me over on the breeze, a swirling, a spiraling black bee in storm. Climbing, my love embarks upon petals' blonde airs. Its frail reddening wings so quickly return me to green-blue earth sea, to sunny soil. My death in the end will blossom and take flight. Orange in a spread of heady wings and will of the wisp. Heart folded at my feet, I gift this tenderness, left to the long stemmed sunflower in buzzing June movement, to roots welling tunnels, to the rhythm of worms, to the seated face turning to follow a newly renewed sun. And so the idea, of course, is I'm not dead yet. <laughs> this, this is a poem that speaks about death, but death, uh, I, I believe that there are many deaths during our life. We're constantly dying and being reborn, and we're on uh, this journey that continues. And so um, this cycle is not meant to be uh, the ending poem. is the conclusion of life, but rather something that's continually ongoing. And at the same time, we're constantly being born, dying, uh, and going somewhere. So uh, that's the idea behind many of these texts. Yeah. Yes. How did you choose whether the French or the English would come first? Mm. Yeah, I tried to vary it. Uh, sort of an intuition. There wasn't a specific reason for putting one before the other. In some cases, we looked at the, the images, which image worked best with each text, and then said, well, we should put this image next, so okay, that text. Okay. Or Oh, we've had several in English in a row. Let's go with a French one uh, that is starting with the French one. Um, what's interesting is this idea of self-translation. Um, a lot of the texts were tra- retranslated after I did the translation of the original. <laughs> it affected the way I wrote the original. So then I started to retranslate the original based on the translation and and it went back and forth. And so in some cases, in these texts, there's really no more original and no more translation. Yeah? Um, I'm curious about your translation process. Did you mm. rely more on uh, transliteration or cultural translation or what just sounded the nicest? Um, I'm really attracted to sounds because mm-hmm. I play music and so sounds just grab me. Um, if if it, I would always read aloud and if the sounds didn't Affect me and reproduce in some way a feeling that I associated with the original, I went with other words that mm. sounded better. Uh, sounds are often ways in which I start a poem. So I've got to have a group of words that creates the right sound environment for the rest of the poem mm. to hang on to. And so, if they're, of course, they're not going to be the same sounds in the other language, but if there's there's a kind of cohesion to the sounds in the other, then I think, okay, that's an effective enough translation. And a lot of people don't like to use the word translation for poetry. They prefer to use adaptation because there there is no real literal translation uh, of pretty much any fictional text, but certainly not poetry. It's very, very tough to achieve a translation. Oh yeah, Laura is the the form of your poetry um fairly organic or do you try to confine yourself to a particular form in setting out to write any particular poem because it seems like pretty variable yeah oh right right Um, yeah i never attempt to rhyme although sometimes rhymes just occur naturally right and especially if i'm writing in french you know french Everything rhymes with everything yeah. in French. There are so I many. It's so easy to to make those internal rhymes. Even mm-hmm. um, that it goes without saying that there's a lot of sonority mm-hmm. in rhyme mm-hmm. in the in those texts. But I never start out with a particular. I won't say never. You <laughs> say usually like, don't I start like, out like, with, with a particular. Sonnet. No, no, no. I, I start with a group of words that I liked. With that are mm-hmm. somehow haunting me, or that that seem like they need my attention, and then I go from there, and I try to be concise. I, I'm not one that's particularly wordy. Mm-hmm. I don't, don't like that style, too narrative. Mm-hmm. So there's a word that caught my attention yes. in um, snagging spring. Mm-hmm. The word silver, S I L F R I N G. Yeah, like to talk about that. It just came to me. It's your word. Yes. Yes, I think I, I don't know if that actually word exists uh, outside of I mean, did I did I make it up? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a word. It's a word that I know now. Is it, it's a neo- is, it, is it? Is it? Oh, okay. Yes, I like I like to create words sometimes. Into license. Yeah, uh-huh. um, you're free to use it, and <laughs> you eventually get the dictionary. It's a very interesting. Did, you you yeah. like yeah the the you know the soft. Um, I, Should I be know. a word. <laughs> Should be a word? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks, though. Oh. Yeah. Um, you said that some of the stuff goes way back 80s, mm, and yeah. um, you said, um, is, is it also interspersed or are there certain themes that are earlier, so it does all the earlier stuff also? or so they're sort of taking off for the flight and then landing, so, so the later stuff, sort of like chronology, is that preserved or is that... Yeah, there's there's no chronology, um, but I often find when I'm in nature and when I'm walking, uh, I'm inspired by something I see, you know, so a spider comes down like a thought, you know, and I, oh, I'm going to write that down. I'm um, really enamored by the natural world and then transcending it. So I never write poems about urban scapes. Urban but just being a life cycle thing? But, but uh, yeah, life cycle, not particularly. You know, the first one is, an, is a meditation. I've done meditation for a long time. It's not particularly um, newer or older than, than other ones. I tried to, I pulled from poetry, I keep poetry in a, in a file. And I had a group of poems that I'd been working on. And then I needed more, because I thought, I've got sort of almost a book here. Let's see, what else have I got that I could pull out that resonates with the group that I had been working on? And I found some older texts that that talked to the other ones. And I did some rewriting. And then I found an order that seemed to work. Uh, You may not agree if you're reading a text, you know, that's envolé, in flight, you may say, well, no, that should have been put in the other section or whatever, but um, they're not quite, they're not narrowly defined in terms of the movement or the chronology. But things. But the French the, the, uh, the uh, Italian say uh tradutore traitor. Tradu- yeah. tradu- do yeah. you do you believe really yeah. that translators are yeah. traitors? Um you know when you're translating yourself I don't think so. Right. Because <laughs> because I'm giving myself the liberty of adapting my text and not necessarily yeah. recreating it, yeah. trying to recreate exactly yeah. the same thing. Yeah. So, if you consider that... If you're self-translator, is it? Another you know, thing, it, yeah. the death um, yeah. which, uh, reminds me of what you said you found in your mother's papers. Uh-huh, yes. That she had said... Uh-huh, that death is as natural as breathing. Yeah, death is as natural as yeah. yeah. I've thought of that many, many times. Oh, yes, thank you. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was... Certainly, a big inspiration to me. Yes, and I, I was thinking about that new software idea. Yes, yesterday. and there, there is um, the use of the the idea of breath and the pause between breath as a yeah. kind of death or waiting to the next breath. Yeah. So I, I often incorporate that idea. Yeah. Um, death and life are are, you know, they're they're two sides of the same thing, for me. They're very closely entangled, and so. But the romantics did it also. Yeah, of course. Well, I'm certainly influenced by them, yeah, okay. as well as the symbolists yes. with their idea of synesthesia, oh, yes. the, the colors, and the sounds, and the, the light that, that is all finding its echo. Yeah. Uh, all the senses find their echo in each other. Are you? Yes, do you think any philosophy like uh, or religion influenced the writer the most? to all these poems, And also, what's your favorite poem on the these? Mm. Which one is your favorite? Mm-hmm. I think <laughs> I have kind of a favorite. It's like a, picking a favorite child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, favorite of the moments. Flavor of the moments. I <laughs> have <laughs> <laughs> favorite book of yes. the moments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, um, I come from a Christian tradition, uh, Catholic, so, so probably there's some of that. Um, one of the students in Tracy McCabe's class yesterday, I, I got to speak to them. Women writing women mm-hmm. was the course, and she pulled out uh, this poem called um, "Pour Anne um, um for a sprig of olive, and she said, "Oh, well, that's of course Noah's Ark, and you know." And I said, "Oh, yeah, I guess, I guess so." <laughs> I, you know, it was more subconscious to me than that. So I'm certainly, you know, everything in, that, that we do informs our work in some way. Uh, so it's probably there. But I don't write specifically in religious poems. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see the miracle of the natural world and try to write that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm particularly drawn to the haiku, the really short forms mm-hmm. or, or things resembling haiku. Mm-hmm. So that capturing the moment, you know the sun is going down, and it's captured by the gate, and we see oh, for just a moment, the 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 circle within the square. You know everything is in balance or something. That idea of oh, let's, let's describe that and then think of a meaning, meaning behind that, and the surprise of it. Life is in the details. Read some more? Yes. Okay, so I'm going to read this poem, Woman, since I've been talking about it. And I believe it's right in the middle of the volume, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but I have to find it. 52. 52? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, thank you. And that just kind of happened, but um, I think it, it does really uh, lend itself well to being a middle poem. Um, and I, I'm it's a shame that the image did not reproduce uh, as well as it could have. Yeah, it's much clearer in the original. But but you get the idea there is there is a woman there. And there's a jug that's got a kind of a bird head on it. There's a lot of bird imagery in Monique Lupe's, uh art. And it's almost a desert-like scene. But you could say that the flowing robe is akin to water. OK, woman. Stepping carefully among trenches, she plants roots with her footprints. Moments of truce in cool, tender shoots smoothly sip the ending day's light. White water drowns down the blue sky, all boundaries forgiven. Femme, Marchant avec soin dans des ravines, elle plante des racines avec ses pas. Des moments de trêve en tiges tendres et neuves En sérénité,' sirote le soleil disparaissant. De l'eau blanche, noire, le ciel bleu, toute frontière, Parnez. What are you working on now?. Uh, um, most recently, I've written a couple of poems that are kind of imitating uh, Eleni Sikelianos she was here a while back if you recall uh, an author from Colorado who was running from last for last year's literary festival seems like it was only yesterday it was already a year ago uh, where she she kind of breaks the grammar um, so I'm playing more with language structures uh, trying to do, to break out of the confines of grammar which is a little bit easier to do in English, I must say. (laughs) French grammar is pretty hard to break um, without the reader thinking that you just don't speak very well, you don't write very well, (laughs) you've broken the grammar. In English, English is a little more flexible in terms of the syntax, the the way you can play with word order and uh, maybe, maybe you don't agree. I'm not sure, but um, so I'm, I'm playing now with the, the structures of language more, um, having been influenced by her. Uh, I don't know what's coming out next, my first book of poetry, Outside Inside Out, played a lot with giving voice to the other, to my parents I was caring for who had Alzheimer's, and I wanted them their voices to be present in my poems, but that doesn't usually happen in my poetry. It's not typical of my writing. But it's interesting, you discover a voice as you start to write, uh, and as, I'm, I'm gonna be doing another literary translation soon, that will probably influence the way I write. I don't know what'll come out of that. But how, do you, how do you write? Do you, in terms of your, your inspiration, or your, the way your writing develops, do you, do you hear different voices at different times? I think so. Well, yeah, I try to sometimes uh, if there's an emotion that I'm feeling very strongly, sort of step away from that and see if I uh-huh. can come back to it. I think it just it sometimes sounds better when you can do that. Right. So I've tried that because I read sometimes when, it, when the emotion is right it's there on the too, surface, and it's I don't like really. how it comes out. So there's that to, um, um, literature or writing defined by Matthew Arnold as emotion recollected in tranquility. That's good writing. You you can't be too close to it um, and have it necessarily be successful. You need to step back and then do a little rewriting. I don't think I've ever written a poem that was polished on the first try. Mm-hmm. Do you write pen to paper first off, or do yeah. you straight on the keyboard? Not on the pen keyboard. keyboard. Yeah. No, there's the distance between. I, I need the tactile mm-hmm. sensation of writing, mm-hmm. I think. Sometimes a lot of it happens in my mind, and then I go write it all down. If I don't have kind of paper in hand, I have to keep it because if I don't write it down pretty soon, pretty quickly, it goes somewhere <laughs> wherever poems go into the universe <laughs> when they aren't written down. Do you write, you, You do? I would love to read some of yours. I just keep it. Lock <laughs> it. It's worth sharing because you know poems that are shared. Somebody asked me this question yesterday. Why do you? Why did you publish this? Well, I didn't really publish it necessarily. I didn't write these poems for other people, but having been influenced by so many other poets and writers, I see real value in that. And if it, you know, if the word silfering, Were to be included in one of Kathy Dorman's poems sometime, I would be so honored. (laughs) Um, You know, to be able to have an impact on someone in some way by use of a word or or an image, um, that's that's worth doing. Um, And I also really wanted to pay homage to this artist who has exhibited her work in expositions and, and exhibits in Paris, but hasn't, you know, put her work out there really, for a wider audience. And um, the publisher's working on an e-book now, so that'll be more widely available, and in more of a horizontal art book layout. So I think we tend to think of, we see this size, and we think, oh, poetry. We see a horizontal book that could be put on a coffee table, although it's a virtual book, so you wouldn't do that. But it would give the sense of uh, prioritizing the the visual art more, and I think that'll be interesting to see how that that is read, perhaps differently. I gave a talk at the University of Ottawa a couple weeks ago on that. They wanted me to talk about transgressive, transgenre work. And they said, well, your, your work falls into that category. And I said, oh, really? Yes. OK. I could talk about that for 45 minutes. <laughs> um, so I talked about how you know the, the, the art on the page is, the idea, anyway, was that it should be just as important as the written word. That there should be a kind of a balance between the two art forms. And that they should speak to each other in a real collaborative way. So I don't know if that's particularly achieved, but we hope so. Are you ever inspired by art? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And one of these poems, in fact, um, uh, which I can read, is on page 46. Uh, Monique sent me a photograph, actually, of her visit to the Grand Canyon. She's been to the US. She's lived in the US a number of times, uh, a number of years, um, and so uh, very influenced by Western Mm -hmm. landscapes, which I am as well. And, and even in this photograph, which I have a larger form for greater impact, um, she sent this to me and I wrote the text that goes along with it. Uh, because I was inspired by this, this bird. There, so you've got the very concrete image. And then beyond it, there's this um, You know, it's, it's, it's hazy. It, you can read into the background, it's not totally clear, and that appeals to me, and also the, the color, the color of the rock in the poem. Uh, so, Canyon Flight, turned from wind, sun blankets this wide silence, no feather flutter, white wood wash, warmth filtered, dusted blind, immense, climbing horizon, terraced copper light, Black eyes resonate. Vol de canyon. Détourné du vent. Soleil recouvrant ce large silence. Aucune plume ne se remue. La vie de bois blanc. Chaleur filtrée en poussière aveuglante, immense. Horizon ascendant. Terrasse de lumière qui L'œil noir en résonne. So that was one instance where her, her art directly impacted my writing. And probably over the years, her art has impacted me in a, in a subtle way, because I've seen so much of it over so many years of time, and, and commented on it in her apartment. So, the, the birds, the, the, idea of the inclusion of the birds, and she often use a boat. There's movement. There's uh, the image of the feminine, the she is tree, the, the, the woman, the tree. Uh, Those nature elements really spoke to me. A lot of blue uh, water is something I continually strive to describe. There's a lot of water in her imagery as well, her images. If there are no more questions, I'll end with the poem on the back cover, maybe? Very short. Daybreak Harvest. Poised to sing spring, this in-between hour when poems are time's pockets. once de l'eau. Posé pour le champ printanier cette heure liminale où les poèmes sont les poches du temps.